0: Greetings and welcome to an odyssey into torture. If the spirit moves you, would you be kind enough to follow, like, share, and comment on this podcast, as I'm your grateful host, Dan Riley. In a book about Winston Churchill, I remember reading of an incident one of his drivers shared. On their way to a social gathering with political types, just before arriving, Churchill asked his driver to pull over for a minute. After about 30 minutes in some empty parking lot while Churchill was in the back seat writing on index cards, the driver asked, Mr. Prime Minister, can I ask what exactly we are doing? Why, certainly you can. I am preparing for any impromptu remarks I might be asked to give tonight. For the truly great speakers, there is an invaluable rule. Never speak without being prepared. One who heeds this advice in the world of business will have an incalculable competitive advantage. Why? Because a high percentage of people in the world of commerce violate the rule. Some have never thought about the concept. Others may discount it. And others wear as a badge of honor the slogan, I'll just wing it. I've had decades of experience with the wing it crowd. And where you typically find them, as crazy as it might sound, is in the higher strata of management. These are people that routinely speak publicly as part of their job description, and given all their experience, they have overcome the terror, notice I didn't say fear, the terror of public speaking, and are perfectly fine being just an average speaker. But many among the winged crowd, more than you think, stay there because they want to stay safe and save face if they really worked hard at improving their presentation skills and subordinates knew how hard they worked at it and still came up short their ego couldn't withstand the hit so they stay among the mediocre in this category surprisingly this is just a more complicated manifestation of the fear of public speaking suffice to say i don't recommend being part of the wing it crowd I'll talk more extensively on this during future podcasts. For now, let me get back to the thesis of this podcast, the incalculable competitive advantage of being prepared for what the uninitiated believe to be an unpreparable speaking situation. I can hear the obvious question now, how can I prepare for the unknowable? My business life is exceedingly dynamic. I have many chance encounters, spontaneous Zoom meetings or conference calls, and topics that come out of left field in many of my meetings. Here's my answer. You can go in one of two directions. You can avoid all gatherings, meetings, calls, etc. that are not mandatory, where there is even a remote possibility that you'd be asked to speak. And by doing so, significantly limit your prospects for upward mobility. Number two, figure out how to prepare for the unknowable. Now, to my way of thinking, the unknowable in the context of business communication is really a misnomer. What is really meant by unknowable is unexpected. The world is replete with leaders and orders who have demonstrated you can be prepared to speak confidently and on point in situations that others would deem unexpected. Let me offer this strategy. Pick whatever would be a representative time frame for your job, a period that would include the totality of communication situations you would find yourself in. It could be a day, a week, a month, a quarter, or a calendar or fiscal year. List those situations. I'll give you a few examples. Daily Zoom meeting. Weekly sales meeting. Product review meeting. Advertising campaign. Monthly PL review quarterly review, annual review. Since past is typically prologue prior to attending or participating in a future iteration of your listed events, in your mind, review anything that happened in past meetings that was unexpected. Oh, Jimmy should have known how many square feet the new Wegmans has. I should have known in Middlesex County they require proof of vaccinations for customers to enter bars. What percentage of DoorDash clientele are millennials? By reviewing past meeting surprises, then extrapolating into possible future ones, you are preparing for the unexpected. Regarding meetings, make it a habit never to attend a meeting without spending some quality time reviewing the agenda in advance. What are the topics? What can I be asked regarding this subject? What unique perspective can I add? Who are the principals attending? What are their current focuses? What challenges are they currently facing? If there's no published agenda based on experience, create one in your mind and work from that. Make some notes or bullet points for quick reference with those unexpected topics that you are now actually expecting. After the meeting is underway and the conversation moves way off agenda, which it will invariably do, you'll be prepared better than most. The single best habit, the one that offers the most rewards with respect to promotions, raises, credibility, and visibility, etc., is doing exactly what Winston Churchill did. Take some time, it doesn't have to be a lot of time, before you attend any meeting of consequence and prepare at least three segues. They can be subjects related directly with the topics of discussion, tangentially related, or not related at all, but subjects you want to interject into the debate or build a reputation for being familiar with. Whether you're called on to speak impromptu or if you're offering an unsolicited opinion, you will have something of substance to offer. When this happens to the unprepared, one of two scenarios typically unfolds. The person says nothing coming across as a wallflower, or they ramble almost incoherently for about five minutes. Either scenario is disastrous for a career. The key to making an effective segue is having a creative bridge. The object is to take the conversation from where it is to where you want it to go. To do this, you need to be an active listener. Recall a comment or subject that has already been reviewed at the meeting and use it to introduce your pre-planned impromptu. I'll give you a few examples on how this is done. You're asked for your opinion on something. Here's a possible bridge. Earlier today, during Madam X's presentation, we heard that millennials like their parents' music as much as the parents do. Well, did you know this same generation? And you go on to make your point. If you can't find something specific for a bridge, use a generic bridge. The question you ask reminds me of when so-and-so said X, your comments made me think about, then you make your point. Or you could pick a current event related to your segue. I read this morning the federal debt is approaching $30 trillion. Now, if we, then you move on to make your point. In Toastmasters, we call this always having a speech in your hip pocket. Even if you're asked to comment on something you know little or nothing about, you can bridge your way into a topic you really do know something about. This skill can do wonders for a person's career, avocation, or social life. Mark Twain's observation was that it takes three weeks to prepare a good ad-lib speech. It's probably not a good policy to disagree with Mark Twain, but in this case I will. If you habituate preparation as I've suggested, it will only be just a few extra minutes daily and the benefits accrued will be out of all proportion to the extra minutes expended. Of all the communication skills used in business, being a skilled and polished impromptu speaker may be the most valuable. With my new online class, I spend an entire module on impromptu speaking. It's that important. Well, for my part, that's all there is today. Except for this. Please follow, like, share, and comment on this podcast. This is Dan Riley taking you on an Odyssey into Oratory. Until next time, throw off those money. Sail away from Catch the train. We're on